Postal Publishing and Christopher Chapman present The Going Postal Cast, your source for weekly podcast fiction from author Christopher Chapman. For more information, be sure to check out www.goingpostalpublishing.com. You can also email the author at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. This podcast is not suitable for children. There is lots of violence, gore, blood, and the occasional F-bomb, as well as other naughty words that your mother told you she will wash your mouth out with soap for. And now, enjoy the story, or whatever nonsense I'm about to spew at you. Happy Halloween! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Going Postal Cast, but it's not just any episode of the Going Postal Cast. It's a special Halloween episode of the Going Postal Cast. No incarceration in this episode. You will notice that this is coming out not on a Monday like incarceration and the other stories have been. It is a Tuesday, which means something special. Halloween. Halloween is tomorrow, October 31st, the greatest holiday well, in my opinion, anyway. So I thought as a special little gift, I was going to release a special episode, and I thought I would use a story that I originally wrote in 2001. It seems that my uh, short stories go in threes. I wrote some really awful ones in 1997, then three more better ones in 2001 that all need to be severely re-edited. This story is one of them. I read the story that I originally wrote in 2001 and thought, well, you know, this isn't that bad, but it needs some work. So I sat down about five days ago and in over the course of two days, rewrote the entire story. Now, I recorded it, but the version you're going to hear is not the finished product. It is close. It is. It needs a little bit of tweaking. I'm not satisfied with the end, and there's a few things that need to be changed. Some things might not even completely make sense at all. I just read it and made a few tweaks along the way as I was doing it, but there's still a few things that need to go on. But anyway, I'm not going to come back after you hear the story. For the next 25 minutes or so, you're, you're going to hear the full story. It's the newer version of my 2001 short story. The Halloween Bus. The Halloween Bus by Christopher Chapman Randy Miller loved Halloween. It was his favorite time of the year. There was something about the leaves changing color, symbolizing the death of a year, that made him feel good inside. He felt a certain kinship with things that were dying. Randy had been that way since he was a little boy. He supposed it was from the death of his uncle. He shouldn't have remembered it. He wasn't yet two years old when the semi-truck drove into the car his uncle was driving, killing him instantly. He remembered him. He remembered the way that his car had Pepsi bottle caps covering the knobs. He remembered the way that his uncle used to come over just to see him, then take him to high school basketball games. He was far too young to fully understand what death meant. He wouldn't learn that until much later. He knew that there was a reason why his uncle wasn't coming around anymore. 
It took his mother to give him an explanation several months after his uncle had been buried in the ground. He's gone to heaven, was all his mother could say. When do I get to see him again? Randy asked, not fully understanding. You don't, his mother replied. You will never see him again. He could remember crying for a long time about it. He wanted to understand why he could never see his uncle again. As he got older, his focus shifted to understanding what was to come after death. He wanted to know if his uncle truly was in heaven, as his mother had proclaimed, or was there something more to it? Randy specifically wanted to know about the existence of ghosts. Did they exist? He wanted to find out. When most kids were getting Garfield comics from the school library, he was digging deeper, trying to find any books they had that pertained to ghosts. He found several books on the subject, taking them home and reading them from cover to cover. He rented the Ghostbusters more times than he could remember. He studied the movie, wanting to know if the film was based on anything in reality. He was disappointed when he found out that it wasn't. As he got older, he naturally moved towards darker things. He wasn't a goth, but he found that his interest in horror and darker things was real. He read every Stephen King novel by the time he was 12. He listened to Metallica and Iron Maiden because of the way their music dealt with the darker side of religion and death. He even watched every match featuring wrestling's The Undertaker, all because he loved the dark element that he brought to television. He couldn't get enough of it. By the time he reached his teenage years, he was considered an outcast. Even the aforementioned Goss had no interest in him. He'd spent so much time focused on the dead that he didn't have time for the members of the living. His parents were aware of what was happening, but they did nothing to stop it because of their constant arguing, which eventually led to their divorce. Even then, they thought over who was going to have custody of him, but not in a good way. Neither parent wanted to deal with a child that wanted to do nothing but study about the dead all day long. Randy had one friend, somebody who shared some of his interests. Jim Wright was the only person he could talk to. He was the only one who had been through similar things as he. His mother had died from breast cancer when he was three. He remembered every detail from the moment she was diagnosed, all the way through her deterioration and eventual death. In many ways, Randy believed that Jim had it worse than he, but he had been a little older and possibly could have comprehended more of what was going on. That was the painful part with Randy. He hadn't understood what was happening, and nobody had been able to give him an answer that would have actually helped him. As with the other things in his life, Halloween was the time of year when Randy felt like himself. It was a celebration of the dead. Randy and Jim had spent each of the previous five Halloweens together always trying to do something that they considered spooky. One year they spent the night in a cemetery. That should have been scary for a 12-year-old, but it wasn't. Randy thought it was one of the best nights he'd ever had. He curled up next to the tombstone of his uncle and spent the night on the ground. Jim had been near him the whole time. He had been far more hesitant about doing it, but he always had been. He was never as adventurous as Randy, and he never would be. Randy had never expected him to, but Jim needed a friend as well, and he must have thought it was important that they did these things together. 
that brought them to this Halloween. Being 17 years old should have meant that they spent their time thinking about girls. The subject rarely came up. They weren't gay, but they didn't speak of the girls in their class all that often. Neither had been on a date, but that didn't mean it was out of the realm of possibility. They were considered freaks. There weren't a whole lot of girls that wanted to even speak to them. With no girls to talk about, their focus was on what they were going to do for this Halloween. They'd stayed in all of the supposed haunted houses in the area, all coming up with big zeros in the activity department. He hadn't been able to come up with any idea. Fortunately for him, Jim was very resourceful. It was the start of the school day on Halloween when Jim approached him. Randy had no idea what they were going to do. He envisioned it being a year where they stayed home and watched horror movies on TV. He hoped that wasn't how it would turn out, and Jim made sure that it didn't happen. I got it, Jim said, racing towards him with a smile on his face. I know what we can do tonight. There was something about Jim's eyes that made Randy believe that he was telling the truth. His eyes were large and filled with excitement. He truly believed that he had it. Randy couldn't wait to find out what he had in store for them. Have you ever heard anything about the Halloween bus? Jim asked. No, Randy replied. Never heard of it. Oh, man, then I have a treat for you, Jim said, his smile growing even larger. I heard this story about the Halloween bus. I don't know if it is true or not, but I was told that there was a bus that was doing its normal route on Halloween night. It was in Green Bay and would take people that were shopping downtown and bring them uptown to their homes, or to do additional shopping. This particular Halloween trip turned out really bad. There was an accident on Clark Street where the bus had to cross the railroad tracks. I've actually seen those railroad tracks, Randy said excitedly. I drove over them a couple weeks back when I was in Green Bay. Well, anyway, Jim continued, the bus had engine troubles and stalled out right on top of the railroad tracks. Right on top. Not in front and not past them. Right directly over them. The bus driver got out of the bus to check the engine, but he was the only one to get out. A train came out of nowhere, smashing into the bus and killing everybody on board as the bus driver was looking at the motor. He had no idea the train was coming. Nobody did, otherwise they would have been able to get off. Nineteen people died that night. Wow, Randy said, knowing that it was a good story with plenty of intrigue. It's kind of weird that the bus would have stalled right there. I wonder what the odds are of a situation like that happening. I'm sure the odds can't be that high, Jim said. If you think that was strange, well, let me be the one to tell you that it gets even better. After the accident, the bus company was forced to shut down that particular route for a while. It stayed closed for a few months before it finally reopened after people begged for it to happen. The very same driver that had been there when the bus was struck was the very same driver that took the bus out that night. And? He had a heart attack before he could finish the route, Jim said. In fact, people who were on that bus that night say that he was complaining about tightness in his chest and shortness of breath after he'd passed that point. It was as if that spot triggered the heart attack that would eventually kill him. Randy liked how the story was going. It had everything he liked in a Halloween or ghost story. He wondered how much more there was to the story. How much better could it get? Jim continued. 
Ever since the accident, people riding that route on Halloween have claimed that there have been some strange occurrences. Flashing lights, weird sounds, engine sputtering. He paused, taking a deep breath. I heard that there were people that believe that the route is haunted by the victims of that very accident. It's as if they've chosen Halloween, their anniversary, as their night to come out and play. Randy had a strange feeling in the pit of his stomach. This wasn't like the other stories he'd heard before they'd gone to spend the night in an abandoned house. They were thrill-seekers with a lust for the dead, but something didn't seem right about this. For one thing, why was Jim telling him about something that happened in Green Bay? It wasn't his style to want to go someplace that far away. He liked to stay in the vicinity. He liked when things were familiar. Are you sure that you want to try something like this? Randy asked. It'll take almost an hour to get to Green Bay, and then we'll have to take another bus back to the car after we take the ride, then come home. We could be out pretty late. What time does the route start? I checked that out too, Jim said. I was worried that they weren't doing the route on Halloween anymore, or had changed things. But it's still the same exact route as the one that the people died on. It starts at 6.05. The bell sounded, signaling the start of class. Randy wasn't done with this conversation. They didn't have many classes together, so this conversation had to get done as soon as possible. Is this what you want to try? Randy asked. I guess, Jim replied, shrugging his shoulders. It's the best we have right now. I was on the computer for more than two hours last night, trying to find out more on it. There isn't a whole lot about it, even in the Green Bay papers. It's the 10th anniversary of it. You'd think that they want to remember the victims of that crash. You would think, Randy agreed, thinking it over. He made up his mind, smiling. Okay, let's do it. Meet me after school and I'll get us there. Sound like a plan? Yep. They went to their classes, but Randy's mind was never far from the Halloween bus. Even though he'd been through this a few times before, he thought that this time felt different somehow. This didn't seem like the fake haunted houses that towns drummed up to create tourism. If Jim was right about this, Green Bay had kept it somewhat quiet and treated it like the black eye it truly was. That meant that there was something more substantial to this one than the others. Even if they found nothing while on the bus, the excitement would definitely be there. The school day passed much the same way as it always did. It dragged on. Randy was ready to pull out his hair by the time the final bell rang, signaling the end of the day. He met Jim in the parking lot and got into his car without saying anything. Randy turned on the radio and selected his Metallica playlist. He wanted some music to get them in the mood. They drove to Green Bay, stopping only once to get some dinner. As they ate, they watched the first of the trick-or-treaters starting their journey out into the world. Randy smiled remembering what it was like to dress as a vampire or monster and go from door to door and ask them for candy. There was nothing better than it. Screw Christmas. Halloween was far and away the best holiday in the world. They arrived in Green Bay and went to the bus depot on University Street to get the schedule and know exactly where they needed to be. They weren't just going to get on somewhere in the middle. They wanted to be the very first pickup and ride the bus all the way through. They found that the first pickup was on Monroe Street, near where the Port Plaza Mall used to be. In its heyday, the mall was the center of Green Bay's shopping experience. 
As with many towns throughout America, the downtown district dried up as businesses moved elsewhere. The mall stood vacant, large for sale signs posted all over the exterior. Randy parked the car in an abandoned parking lot, hoping that he wouldn't be ticketed. They walked the two blocks to where the Halloween bus would pick them up. They were still early. They had been so anxious about getting out there that they really hadn't paid attention to the time. They were more than a half hour early and were forced to endure each other's company. They had plenty to talk about, but the conversation dried up quickly as anticipation took over. Randy realized that he was shaking with excitement. He couldn't wait for the bus to arrive. There it is, Randy said, pointing down the street as the silver bus came into view. It rounded the corner, coming their way slowly. The bus squealed as it slowed and came to a stop directly in front of them. The driver opened the door. Randy and Jim raced inside, paying the toll. The driver was around 50 years old with thinning hair and enough scruff on his face to tell them that he wasn't overly thrilled with his job. He looked out the window, barely glancing their direction as they moved by him and headed towards the back of the bus. Having ridden on a bus since they were five years old, they were aware that the best place to sit on the bus was the back. It was adventurous because they could feel everything as the bus hit every bump and pothole. Whenever given the choice, they took the back of the bus. Because they were the first ones to get on the Halloween bus, this was no different. They each sat in one of the back seats. The driver closed the door and started moving the bus forward. We're doing it, Jim said, smiling. We're really doing it. They were. Randy was as excited as he'd ever been while doing one of their Halloween adventures. This somehow seemed better than any of the things they'd ever done, even though they had gone to a hell of a lot more effort and the actual event would take a little over an hour. The bus continued throughout the downtown area, stopping at several bus stops, but rarely picking up any passengers. Randy thought that downtown wasn't the only thing that was dying off in the city. Nobody rode on buses anymore, and those that did had specific reasons or circumstances. Those that they managed to pick up were few and far in between. They picked up an older woman who was on her way home from doing some shopping. A few stops later brought a woman with two children, each dressed in their Halloween costumes. The boy was dressed as Woody from Toy Story, while the little girl, older than five, was dressed as a princess. Randy remembered when he was that young, but there were no nice costumes when he went out. His parents were absent and rarely did anything for him. His costumes were whatever he made for himself. Whether it was a plain white sheet with the eyes cut out or a cheap costume purchased from the clearance aisle at Goodwill. He never had a costume that cost more than $5. They picked up five more people over the next four stops. Only one got off. This was the part of the route that would take them uptown and across the railroad tracks on Clark Street, where so many people met their demise a decade earlier. Randy looked at all of the people, knowing that they had no clue that they were on the anniversary run of the Halloween bus. As he looked at Jim, he knew that he was well aware. Randy could see that Jim was shaking. Jim was as excited as he was to be doing this. So, do you think anything will actually happen? Jim asked as the bus started picking up speed. Probably not, Randy said. How many places have we been in now? Nothing ever happens. That's not what this is all about. This is about the experience. How many people get to be this close to death? 
we are living the same route on an anniversary of what happened. It doesn't get any better than that. No matter what happens, we're experiencing something real and substantial. Randy saw the sign. Clark Street. They were there. The bus turned to the left and was heading towards other businesses. When the bus started to slow near the train tracks, Randy didn't get nervous. Buses were supposed to stop at railroad crossings to make sure that there were no trains coming. He'd anticipated it, and it was one of the few things about Jim's story that made the whole thing unbelievable. He'd said that the bus sputtered and came to a stop over the tracks. If the driver had been doing what he was supposed to, he would have had to come to a stop in front of the tracks. He couldn't imagine it not being a rule, or the driver forgetting to do it. There had to be another reason why the bus ended up over the tracks, and the story had been blown out of proportion over the years. The story that Jim found out about was the edited version that was obviously more exciting than what originally happened. The bus came to a stop in front of the tracks. The driver opened the door and listened. He closed the door and pressed his foot on the gas. The overhead lights flickered, making Randy's heart nearly skip a beat. He hadn't expected that to happen. He looked around the bus, expecting others to have noticed, but they hadn't. Nobody had looked that way. The bus wasn't responding the way it was supposed to. It wasn't picking up speed. It was barely moving, barely creeping over the tracks. The bus rocked as the front tires moved over the first set of tracks, then the second. The bus was moving slow enough that it didn't cause much discomfort being all the way in the back. The engine sputtered, causing Randy to see the driver give a look of concern in the giant rearview mirror located over his head. He slammed his foot down on the gas, but nothing happened. The engine stalled and the bus came to a stop directly over the tracks. Randy's heart was thudding heavily in his chest. He wasn't afraid. He was excited. This was actually happening. A smile spread on his face as he realized that everything Jim had said to him was absolutely true. This route was really haunted. Randy looked at Jim. He wasn't showing the same amount of excitement as he. He had a genuine look of concern on his face. It's going to be fine, Randy said, laughing. It's not like we can't get out if a train comes. Good point, Jim said, but he still looked uneasy. The bus driver tried to get the bus moving again, cranking on the key repeatedly. There was nothing. There wasn't even a clicking of the motor. It was completely dead. Ladies and gentlemen, the bus driver said as he stood. He still looked disinterested in what he was doing. It seems that we are having a bit of an issue. If we could form a single file and head towards the front of the bus, I would like to get away from these train tracks as we wait for another bus to come pick us up. He moved towards the exit first. He grabbed the handle and started twisting it. Randy's heart fluttered when it didn't budge. The driver tried again, then again, with similar results. He turned to look directly at Randy. Try the back door, he said. Pull up on the lever to release the lock. Randy did as he was told. He stood and grabbed hold of the handle. He pulled up on it and felt it moving. He had it almost a quarter of the way up when it suddenly slammed back down, nearly pulling Randy's arm out of its socket. He pulled again, feeling the slightest bit of movement. 
It felt as if something was trying to hold the lever down. Give me a hand, Randy said to Jim, feeling very nervous about the whole thing. The Halloween bus is real, he thought. This is very real, and everybody in here is in danger. He tried not to think about it as Jim grabbed hold as well. Together they pulled up on the lever. It moved about a quarter of the way up once more, only to have it slam down again. The lights flickered overhead. Randy looked up, thinking that the bus was laughing at them. Cars surrounded the bus on both sides. People got out of their vehicles and were trying to assist in one way or another. Some tried to come in through the front door, only to find that it wouldn't budge. Hey, is this some kind of a joke? Randy heard one of the onlookers ask. It most certainly wasn't a joke. Passengers tried to get the windows open. That didn't work either. Randy saw that the mother of the two kids in the Halloween costumes had pulled a metal flashlight from her purse and started bashing it against the window. It didn't break. The sound of the horn nearly broke Randy's sanity. He didn't need to hear it again to know exactly what it was. It was a train. He looked out the window, trying to find out if he could see it yet. He couldn't, but he could hear the horn again. Everybody within the bus started to scream and frantically move about. They moved to the front and rear of the bus, all trying to be the one to get the doors open. Randy did no such thing, and neither did Jim. They sat in their seats, looking at each other through the crowd. Their faces told the whole story. They knew that this was going to end badly. As the light appeared in the distance, showing the oncoming train for the first time, Randy was forced to revisit his life in a hurry. Everything that he thought was interesting and important about his life no longer seemed that way. He was so intrigued by death that he didn't take the time to realize that some of the things he had done were dangerous and could result in his own death. He'd played with forces that were beyond his control for many years, trying to understand them, but never took them seriously. He wished he would have. As the train's light became brighter, he wondered if his entire life had been a waste. He was the way he was because somebody important to him had died. Now that it was he who was dying, he realized that he should have focused more on the living than the dead. I'm sorry, Randy heard Jim say through the crowd. It's okay, Randy said. He could no longer see Jim at all. He, instead, focused on the mother with the two children. She was gripping them tightly, telling them that she loved them. He wished that he had a mother or father that cared enough about him to do that. He turned and looked out the window. The train was very close. Its brakes were on. Sparks flew up from the wheels, but there was no chance that it would stop in time. It had been traveling far too fast. It was less than a hundred yards away and getting closer. As the train's light filled the darkened bus, Randy saw the faces of the victims. They were in the light, coming to get them. They were laughing, as if this was a joke. Randy Miller closed his eyes and thought no more. You've been listening to the Going Postal Cast. For updates about Christopher Chapman, his stories, and future podcast happenings, be sure to go to goingpostalpublishing.com. If you want to follow along on Twitter, twitter.com slash goingpostalpub, 
or like him at facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. This podcast is copyright 2012, Going Postal Publishing.